your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, and I'm a Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Lockdown Winnipeg Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so does not cost you a single penny and ensures you never miss another episode. On tonight's podcast, I wanted to take a little bit of a look around the league and talk about some of the current standings and which teams continue to impress, which teams have maybe fallen off the pace, and squads that I think are frankly not sustainable, or maybe teams that you know, actually have a shot at being true playoff contenders. If time allows, I will do a couple of spotlight highlight plays from last night and talk about some of the great ones. We have one Jet that does actually fall on this list, and uh, he actually gave his account of things from that game yesterday. But first off, let us take a look at the rest of the league and see how it's trending, because it has been a pretty interesting start to the year. We're already about Uh, anywhere from 11 to 13 games into the season, depending on which teams you're looking at. This year, the division to beat is the Eastern uh, Conference with the Metro Division. That one seemingly has every team above 500, and like the worst team in that conference by record is Pittsburgh, who are currently 4-3-4, which in most other divisions would actually not be too, too bad. Uh, And so looking at this Metro Division, You've got Carolina in first, who are 10-1. and one. You've got the Rangers at 7-3-3. Three, and three. And then in third place are the Washington Capitals at 6-2-4. and four. Incredibly, the difference between first and eighth place is eight points, which isn't actually that big of a spread. Most of the teams are within three to four points of one another. Some are actually just straight up tied. Most of the division has either 12 or 14 standings points, which is really impressive. So the Metro is an absolute dead heat, and it just continues to get tighter and tighter. Now, I I think over the course of the year, we are going to see some trends emerge where the Rangers, for instance, there's no way they're staying in second. They're 7-3-3, and a lot of that right now is being driven by Igor Shesterkin. You look at that team and the way that they play, and there is no way that you really have a lot of confidence in their ability to maintain uh, such a strong record. This is a team that is still rebuilding. I think they probably still need to bring in more prospects to really round out that uh, that top nine. I, I don't think that that unit is fully complete yet. And Panarin and, and Zibanejad haven't really been stepping up at even strength. I mean, a lot of their points are mostly power play stuff, which scoring on the power play is great. But if you're not really driving play and you're given like a first liner contract, there is kind of an issue because after those two guys, the Rangers don't have as many weapons up front. They do have some young talent and guys like Lafreniere and Kako, but those players are also struggling. So it's not really a great situation with the Rangers right now. I'm not sure if Gallant can really turn it around. But uh, for the time being, they basically look a lot like Winnipeg over the past couple of years where the actual team plays like crap, but their goaltending kind of covers up a lot of it. And it's not like they don't score goals at all. I mean, their power play does seem decently productive. But generally speaking, if you're looking at the number of goals they're conceding as a team, it is pretty high. So yeah, the Rangers, I don't expect to be in second place. Uh, the middle of this pack is where it starts to get really difficult to predict. I do think that the, the Devils will probably fall off overall. They're 6-3-2 and two right now, but 
given some of the major injuries to the team and certainly the competitiveness of this division, I have a hard time seeing them staying um, anywhere near like the top spots. I see them being decent enough to maybe fight for a wild card spot, but they have a lot of competition, and I think that's where a lot of the Eastern Conference is kind of screwed, is you've got so many strong teams and not enough playoff spots for any of them. I mean, like the Islanders are 5-3-2, and two, and they're currently in 7th place in the Metro. 7th place. In the Central Division, that would be good for 2nd place. So, you know, this division is dog-eat-dog. Dog. It's very clear that, uh, in general, the Metro is extremely stiff. I think Carolina remains the class of the division, but even the Canes at some point you would have to expect tail off. They have a plus 20 goal differential right now, and they seem to just be eating through opponents. Maybe they're for real this year and nobody's going to be able to stop them, but overall, you know, you do suspect that at some point you're going to see a little bit of a dip in the performance. A 10-1 record to start the year is kind of nuts, but, you know, they do seem pretty legit. As far as the Atlantic goes, it's a little bit more uh, stratified, I would say. You've got uh, Ottawa and Montreal at the very bottom, not super surprising. And then towards the middle, it's kind of an interesting mix of teams. You've got Toronto, Boston, and Buffalo, which these teams are pretty okay. I think Toronto, you would expect a, a stronger record towards the end of the year. Tampa Bay's in third. The second place team is Detroit, and that's a squad that, again, like the Rangers, I do not expect to stay this high. We're still very early into the season, so I would imagine that the Red Wings do kind of tail off. They've got a negative goal differential and just in general don't really have the talent level and ability to compete with like a team uh, like Florida or the, the Lightning over the long stretch of the season. So I kind of feel like the Red Wings will fall off. I would expect it to be like Florida, Tampa Bay, and then one of Toronto or Boston. Buffalo probably trailing somewhere in there too. And then over time, the Red Wings kind of just start to slip a bit. But, you know, this isn't a bad start. I mean, it's 7-5-2. and two. You just kind of have to worry that that team maybe reads too much into the results and maybe starts trying to push for a playoff spot a lot sooner than they should. I think it's a, a fine enough team, but it's not exactly one that is out of the rebuilding woods. They've still got a lot of work to do, and even though Nedeljkovic can probably cover some of it, you still have to lean too much on a lot of pretty young kids and a lack of roster depth, especially in light of the injuries to Vrana and then the COVID stuff with uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. Red Wings fans are already super hyped about the season, and you don't really want to take that away from them, but I would say have modest expectations. You know, this is a team that's still in transition. They're still developing, so I'd expect them to fall off, and if that happens, you really can't be too upset. You were probably expecting a rebuilding year anyway, so any of this is basically just gravy and enjoy the ride for as long as it lasts. I know that Habs fans are probably hoping things turn around at the very bottom. Unfortunately, unless they fire the coach and make some changes, it does seem like Montreal is going to be competing for like first overall this year. It's going to be a real tough season, and uh, you have to think at some point the Habs are going to make some roster and lineup changes here pretty soon. The Eastern Conference picture is super complicated, but the Western Conference isn't quite as complex, and we'll take a look at which teams continue to be hot and which teams are maybe a little bit too good to be true in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why Shopify should be your number one partner for all of your online sales needs. Cha-ching! I love that sound. It's the sound of another successful sale on Shopify, the all-in-one e-commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. The subscription-based software allows anyone to set up an online store and sell their products. Shopify store owners can also sell in physical locations using Shopify POS, a point-of-sale app and accompanying hardware. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business, so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and stay informed. 
Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility, and Shopify helps you make your entrepreneurial dreams come true. Shopify can reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. It allows you to gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and more. To get started, go to shopify.com slash NHL all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Again, grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash NHL right now. That's shopify.com slash NHL. Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Built Bar often releases very special limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good. So stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are now taking a look at the Western Conference after taking a look through the uh, the complicated Eastern Conference picture. The West isn't as as complex, I would say, but there are still some tight races ongoing. And we'll start off with a division that maybe gets less attention than some of the others because it has actually had a very interesting start to the year. And this division is the Pacific. If you ask me, it's been a little bit topsy-turvy. At the top, we have Edmonton, who are 9-2-0. Then we've got Calgary at 7-2-3, Anaheim at 7-4-3. And, and from there, you just have Los Angeles, Vegas, Vancouver, and Seattle. Yes, I did say Vegas at the bottom at number 6 is, is pretty crazy, right? This wasn't exactly in the Golden Knights' thoughts, I would say, for how the season was probably going to kick off. And a lot of that probably owes to the really poor defensive performances that they've had this year. They're surrendering a ton of goals. They're scoring a modest amount relative to their expectations. And while the team isn't bad necessarily, that defense has been getting caved in pretty much every game. So this is a big problem. It's not just conceding a lot of opportunities. Vegas has been giving up tons of really dangerous stuff, especially in that low slot area. The Knights don't really have a lot of personnel defensively who I would think are, are kind of shutdown players or guys who can really facilitate zone exits out of these sorts of situations. They have really good puck-moving D, but under Pete DeBoer, it doesn't really seem like they've been as defensively resolute. It kind of feels like Vegas has allowed a lot more opportunities down the middle. And, you know, when you watch them, they definitely play a lot of high-event hockey, but it's not the kind that I think Vegas was under Gallant. The Knights defended by having sheer offensive possession and domination at the other end of the ice. And while they did have some defensive sequences that you could sort of exploit, it wasn't like you had many chances to score against Gallant's Knights. And so this version of the team feels like a major step back and more like what you would honestly expect from them on paper. It's still just not good enough, and even with the defensive upgrades that they've made over the past couple of years, I still feel like it's actually gotten worse somehow. And if things don't improve quickly, they could be facing their first missed playoffs over the past couple of years, which would be insane, because this team has had nothing but playoff runs and success, so a very interesting start to their year. 
Do I think this will last? Yeah, probably. I think this is more of an issue than someone like, you know, you look at Calgary or, or San Jose. I think that those teams, you know, their their current run of form could eventually flame out. But with the, the Knights, I really feel like these are pretty consistent issues, and I don't know that they're going to turn around unless there's some radical change to the coaching staff. Now, speaking of the Flames in San Jose, as well as the Ducks, I feel like they're all punching a bit above their weight. They all have seven wins on the year. Uh, they're all within like two points of each other. And so these teams, I don't really believe in them. The Flames might be the exception here because Jacob Markstrom and Net has been pretty darn awesome. And it does seem like Calgary's offense is putting away a fair few goals. Nothing like super staggering or super impressive, but enough to be a, a pretty annoying threat. So maybe Calgary is rebounding a bit under Sutter. I still don't know that I believe in them as true playoff contenders. I think they could make the dance, but if they'll actually get deep, they'd have to have like a really big scoring boost somewhere. It's hard to envision them going particularly far with the roster as is. So if they get active at the uh, trade deadline, maybe their fortunes will turn. But for now, I have them as like a wild card kind of team, but not much more than that. The Sharks are a similar kind of team in my mind, though I do think that they have some legit pieces that will eventually mature into like a really good team. It's just that the cap hits of like their top veterans are are definitely not movable, and those guys, frankly, aren't as good as they used to be. So the Sharks are kind of stuck between two places. They're probably decent enough to make the postseason, but I don't know if they're good enough to actually make it deep. And as it is right now, I don't know that that would be their main objective. I still think they need to work on you know, fleshing out their prospect base and slowly introducing some of their young talent into that team. Ryan Merkley seems like he's seizing his opportunity. There's a couple of other guys who have been really good, but the team is still very much in transition, so I don't think that they want to move too fast and suddenly imagine themselves to be competitors. I mean, you look at Seattle and that team, I thought might have been primed for like an okay playoff run. As it is, though, they're 4-8-1, and one, and their start couldn't be much worse. So exercising some patience where it's due would be important. I think San Jose can afford to be a little bit more patient. They've definitely got more money tied up in players like Burns and some of their top veterans who haven't really kept up this year, but there's not much you can do about that now. You just sort of have to ride the wave. And I, I do think that it's not really the, the best idea to start trading guys and moving towards like a playoff spot. Be patient, try and build through the draft, and any extra playoff runs that you have are pretty much gravy. The top of the division being Edmonton is not super surprising. Uh, with Connor McDavid hitting another level of his play, it just doesn't seem like they're a particularly stoppable offense. I mean, that team, they just constantly churn out goals. Uh, and, and sure, the defense is not great, neither is the goaltending, but when your offense is this potent consistently, that does seem like a noticeable upgrade, and the offensive depth that the Oilers brought in does have the potential to make a longer-term impact on this season. Also, guys like Puya Yarvi really stepping up this year again, I, I think it's a big deal for this Oilers team. There's a lot to like there offensively, even if the defense is kind of a train wreck. That team still looks like it'll be a really annoying team to play, uh, especially come postseason time. Because uh, how are you going to stop McDavid? He's hitting new levels of his play, and honestly, yeah, he's just playing like the greatest player of all time. So it's going to be interesting to track this season and see how the Pacific pans out. But, you know, thinking about the Central Division, that race might not be nearly as close, and we'll talk about what the division looks like right now in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place to do your online betting. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. 
into another sport? No problem. BetOnline has your back with European football, soccer, NASCAR, MLS, MLB, NBA, every kind of sport imaginable is at your fingertips. Go to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From all your favorite sports right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the safest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. So start your winning path today. Sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and don't forget promo code LOCKEDON at registration. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are taking a look at uh, divisional conference standings and stuff, and we now move to the last division that we haven't talked about, and that is the Central. We've got St. Louis in first, Minnesota in second, and Winnipeg in third. Now, this top three does feel like it'll probably be the top three throughout the year. Colorado is off to a horrendous start. They're 4-5-1, and one, and it doesn't seem like it's turning around anytime soon. This is a team that just is, is bleeding lots of goals, they aren't scoring as, as freely and as often as they used to, which might just be a little bit of poor fortune, but overall, it does kind of seem like the team defensively has a lot to work on. And at the top there, I, I think the Blues are pretty legit. They survived Winnipeg last night, which I felt was more of a fortunate win, but overall, if the goaltending kind of covers any of their defensive issues, which it does seem like they have some, I, I could see them being an annoying team to try and see off this year. Minnesota is another legit pretty good team. I think the Wild might actually be capable of beating the Blues in like a series, but you know, Minnesota doesn't really have the same level of roster depth, and while they are pretty good, I still feel like they're just a modest playoff team, kind of in the same boat that I think the Jets are right now. Winnipeg has the ability to control play at times and play really well, it's just that they don't do it uh, very often or consistently, and so when you see a really good game like the Blues game they had last night, I do wonder if there's another level of this team that we might see more consistently. You know, can they can they outplay their opponents at even strength? Can these forward lines dominate their shifts and create lots of opportunities? Can they actually convert on them? These are still questions I have with this team because, you know, the defense, it doesn't really seem like that's going to improve as much. Unfortunately, the blue line is still going to be the way it is probably throughout most of the year unless, like, Heinle gets called up or something. The forwards, though, do seem like they might get jiggered around a bit, and overall, I have to think the current lineup is as close to optimal as I would like it to be. It still has a couple of improvements I could make, but overall, I can't really complain with the results. The team is playing well. They just need a little bit more puck fortune to go their way. As far as, like, the teams behind them are concerned, Nashville looks okay. The stars are not very good. And after that, you've then got Colorado, Chicago, and Arizona. Arizona and Chicago, man... Whew. these teams, they just, uh, they're not going to win more than like 20 games this year. That might be a bit much to say about Chicago, who will probably win like 30 or something, but Arizona might not win like literally more than 20 games this year. They are legit horrendous. Uh, they have a minus 30 goal differential. It It's just, I don't even know what that team is. They don't look like an NHL team. You have to think that they're probably closer to like AHL level. And it's a bit sad to see because the fans deserve better and certainly the city deserves better. But, you know, the Yotes, they kind of, uh, they've put themselves in a really bad spot and I don't see a way for them to really claw out of it. They're going to be up there with the Habs as one of the worst teams out there. I still think they're worse than Montreal by virtue of the Habs occasionally having a couple of games where they play really competent hockey. I don't know if the Yotes have been good at all this year and uh, it's definitely a really rough start. They're in a tough division. It doesn't look like they're going to be getting better anytime soon, and it has to be really hard on the players. So all I can say is I would not want to be in that locker room right now. 
This year does look like it's going to be pretty tough for uh, NHL teams to make the postseason. There's a lot of competition, not enough spots for some of these really good teams, especially out in the Eastern Conference. But for the Jets, I think they've got a pretty good path to the playoffs, and it seems like they're on it already. Let me know what you think of Winnipeg's start so far, and if you expect them to make the postseason at HL Living Loco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight, though, that is going to do it. I think I'll move uh, the top plays of the week to Friday's episode, where we have a couple more highlights, I'm sure, after tomorrow night's games and some of Friday's games. For tonight's show, though, that is going to do it. Thank you for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now make Locked on Bets your second listen. They're your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.